Introducing Royal Caribbean's newest ship, Icon of the Seas, the ultimate family vacation. The ultimate six slides, eight neighborhoods, zero compromise vacation. The ultimate never done that, can't wait to do it vacation. The ultimate chillin' by a different pool every day of the week vacation. This is the Icon of Vacations. Icon of the Seas, arriving in 2024. Book today. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry Bahamas. Hello, everyone. It's another player profile and projection on Shea Station, and we've got the batting champion, the extended man, Jeff McNeil, the flying squirrel, is our player for today. Another fun one to do, coming off a very good season, a bounce back season for Jeff McNeil. A bounce back, uh, a career resurrection, yeah. if you will. He he experimented with some approach. They had. Um some philosophical issues, if you will, and McNeil refound himself. He yes. was born again. The and, resurrection. And of he Jeff led McNeil. all of MLB in batting average last year. Which is, you know Yeah, congratulations. That That's spell, a big let's deal. Get some claps. That's, That's a big, a big deal. deal. First batting champion for the Mets since Jose Reyes, I believe. Yeah, since Jose Reyes. A big lot deal. of people gave Reyes a hard time for the bunt that, that pushed him, him over. Nobody has said a word about McNeil Jeff sitting McNeil. it out. Hard nose, earned it fair and square. We like that. And, uh, you know, we didn't see the pop of the 2019 season, but I think uh, when you have a guy that can hit as well as McNeil, hit it wherever he really wants to, and you can pl- uh, bat him anywhere in the lineup, you take that to the bank. There's a lot to like about McNeil. There's a lot to expect for the same for McNeil. But I think one thing you brought up to me uh, when we went to the game yesterday is that the shift is no longer there. And that's actually uh, interesting for Jeff McNeil because he's one of the few guys where it actually might hurt him this year. Yeah, so it's not going to affect him in particular because they don't shift him, or if they do, they're ignorant. Yeah, uh, He was able to put the ball everywhere else, but this makes his skill set a little bit negated because right. uh, like the players that can't hit the other way are going to be rewarded with a ban of the shift, which I'm still a fan of, but I think it closes the gap ever so little, which is very interesting to me. You talked about his extension, yeah. and congratulations to him. He's uh, going to be 31 this year. He signed a four-year extension for $50 million and a club option for 2027. Love it. Love it. To me, a batting champ that, that has that skill set that's so good defensively at two positions in second base and left field, he, I could see him in a, a world where he's like, I'm worth way more than this. Yes. And I could very much argue in that favor but I like the extension for both him, obviously, and for the team because it's not overreaching on either side. I think it just they were both very happy to, to get together, and it was wonderful that it just kind of came together. Yeah, it was one of the last moves of the offseason, something that we kind of had been asking for for a little bit. I personally wasn't expecting it to happen this offseason because of the great season that McNeil had last year. Maybe the Mets would have waited a little bit longer to see if it panned out. But I'm very happy about it for a couple reasons. One, Jeff McNeil doesn't have to go through arbitration, which is always a plus when a player doesn't have to go through that. And two, he's a 30-year-old guy. He never got paid before because he came up late. He came up at 26. And he gets his big deal, which I'm excited for because I think if McNeil had waited out until he had free agency, which would have been, what, 2025, I think, or 2024, maybe his outlook as a player is a little bit different. Maybe the defense isn't quite 
quite there. Maybe he's not hitting 300 uh, anymore. So I'm happy for him to get his deal uh, to, you know, feed his family, as we always say. And uh, it's, <laughs> hey, it's, it's a nice habit. deal. Yeah, exactly. He doesn't have to worry so much. Uh, <laughs> but it, it's, it's a good thing. And I, now the Mets really have only one more loose knot to tie, pretty it's much. A- it's a big old. It's loose a big knot. knot. It's a polar, knot. a polar bear sized knot. But he's got his own episode. We're gonna talk about him. Yeah, let's let's go over his stats. The the major league batting champ. They're fun stats for sure, Jerry. He played in 148 games, 589 Pennsylvania's played appearances, 39 <laughs> doubles, nine home runs, 62 RBI, 73 runs, 40 walks, four stolen bases, a 326 batting average. 382 on base, 454 slug. That's good for a 143 weighted runs created plus and 5.9 F4. That weighted runs created plus was on par with Pete Alonso, who hit 40 home runs last year. So that just goes to show that Jeff McNeil can get it done just in a different way than the sluggers of the game. Yeah, he doesn't uh, hit homers, but he does hit a lot of doubles. In fact, 39 of them last year, which is spectacular. Absolutely. And I mean, we saw the Jeff McNeil of 2021 that I think was trying to slug the ball a little bit more, add that facet to his game. And the Jeff McNeil we saw last year ended up hitting more home runs than that 2021 version. Uh, in 2021, he hit 251 with a 679 OPS, a complete far cry uh, from the season that he had in 2019 and the season that he had after. And I think the PPP that we did last year for McNeil was a little bit more interesting. What exactly are we going to get out of this guy? Is he going to get traded? That was a huge rumor last offseason. Thank God it didn't happen. Because uh, I was. I just want to go on record, yeah. and I'll toot my own horn here. I said his trade value is so low, his his value could be so high, his versatility all his bat-to-ball skills. I was like, Let's do not... Do, yeah, I'll pat myself on the back. I'm not afraid. Look at this guy. I was pl- praying that they do not trade him because it just wasn't worth it. Yeah, and the Mets didn't have a guy really waiting in the wings to take his spot. Anyway, you might as well just let him go out there and feel it out and see if he's still the same guy. Clearly he was, and probably the best version of himself last year. And we haven't talked a ton about the defense, and you mentioned that he's elite at two different positions. The guy also robbed a home run in right field. He played a handful of games at third base as well. I mean, the guy is spectacular. I'm glad that he got paid, and he's here for the long haul. And uh, the tandem up the middle, Jeff McNeil and Francisco Lindor, the days of Rat Raccoon feel very, very long ago. I feel like it's kind of a turning point in Jeff McNeil's career. Yeah, for sure. You know, uh, when a player of Francisco's caliber gets into you about, you know, being in the right position at the right time, timing, all that. I think he took it to heart, and he stepped his game up. The guy was incredible. There was a lot of talk about his versatility because he played so much left field, yes. and he played it at a high high level. Last year, he played 100 games at second base, only 34 in left and 12 in right. Yeah, Dalton had a great note about this. Um, it was his first season ever where he played over 100 games at a single position. Which is pretty cool. So yeah. primary second baseman Jeff McNeil, and he looked great out there. I'll tell you what, this is a, a little bit, uh, just a note that yeah. I've heard uh, Buck Showalter say Inside having scoop? Jeff Mc, uh, on TV wow, and in person, but like while being recorded. Yeah, so right, it's whatever. not like behind the scenes. Could have been more fun. But it's, he's mentioned a few times when they talk about shift. Yeah. And then like late in the game where you bring your left fielder over because you can't move your shortstop over. And he said it's that's one of the good things about having a guy like Jeff McNeil on the left. Yeah. So I could see, you know, how you bring in your defensive subs late in the game if you're ahead. It makes me think that there's some type of strategy going on in that front office about maybe moving Jeff McNeil 
in the eighth inning to left field, giving them the versatility to be able to bring him over. I mean, you play. have Luis Guillorme who can just come in and play second base in that case. That's right. Yeah. So it, it'll be interesting. Again, there's so much strategy that's going to go into these new rules and how they navigate them. Um, and Jeff McNeil's versatility gives them a chance to deploy a weapon in different ways. It's cool that that's something the Mets are already well in thinking about because it's something that I didn't think about at all until you had told me about it. But yeah, Jeff McNeil is still a guy that's going to bounce between the infield and the outfield because that's part of the value that he brings. And I'm going to, that's going to be very interesting to see him creeping up in left field and seeing what the Mets exactly plan to do with him. Uh, but if he were to just be a primary second baseman, I'd be okay with that as well. But obviously there's a lot of, you know, Finagling. That There's a, the, the ability to move a player, uh, a gold glove caliber player from one position. Didn't get a nomination for some reason. Uh, again, There's Rawling. a utility I, award. I am so. And they didn't get a nomination. Well, he did only play 30 games or whatever. But the ability games. to move a guy that's a gold glove caliber second baseman into the outfield and be a gold glove caliber outfielder. You're, you're never going to get rid of that skill. It would be silly to do that. Well, there's a couple of things, though. I've been checking out his splits. Yeah. So his first half, he hit 300 in the first half. That was very good. Yeah. Uh, the second half, he hit 356. Wow. Uh, he shit. absolutely raked. There was a time there where he wasn't getting out. He was getting like three hits a game for a while. Uh, just an absolutely incredible run. His, his August yeah, and his September. August. He hit 385 in August over uh, 116 plate appearances. And then in September, October, he hit 357 in 30 starts. like just One thing I, I think about a lot from last season is, well, you know, for better or worse, I think about that Atlanta series and how poorly it went at the end of the season. Jeff McNeil was doing everything he could to bring the Mets to life in that series where they got swept. Uh, two for four, two for four, three for five with a home run. He was the lifeblood of that team and also performed well in the postseason. Uh, I'm really excited to see what he does in the full run because it looked like he was even improving towards the end of the season. Yeah, I agree. I think he 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 really found his stride. Like he's coming off that very subpar offensive twenty one. Yeah, I think he was still trying to gain trust in his re approach. Right, and he really hit his stride. And the guy was incredible. Here's another split home and away. Home games he hit two ninety seven. Not bad. That's not bad. But on the road he hit three fifty six. That's great. So again, this is. A, they did some rearranging of some of the, the dimensions in the outfield. Um, the guy never hit more than two home runs in a month last year. He hit one, two, one, one, two, two. I can see that changing. You know, if it doesn't change, I'm okay with it. Correct. Some I want to preface this by saying that because the version of McNeil we got last year was much better than the 2021 correct. version. But, you know, right field moving in a little bit. So it could it could be in the realm of possibility that he's back in those double digits for home well, runs. This is what putting the bat on the ball with with regularity and driving thirty nine doubles. Those doubles you you turn those into um, you know ten more home runs. The guy he can put up another twenty home run season. I don't think it's it's he's going to try to force it again. Right. But uh, it's it's in the realm of possibilities. And I mean, if you want a fun look, just go to his baseball savant and look at the spray chart he had from last year because it is all over the field. Jeff McNeil can hit it pretty much anywhere. He's still going to be a 300 caliber hitter even with this shift coming in. And Steamer likes him a lot this year as well. 
Uh, it's kind of what you mentioned, though. They have him at 141 games. They have him hitting 11 home runs, which would be more than last year, and he could be capable of even more. 33 more doubles, 66 runs, 41 walks, a 288 average, which kind of seems a little low. A 347 on base, much lower than last year as well. A 418 slug that's good for a 122 witty runs created plus. So they have a little bit of regression for Jeff McNeil. And, you know, he did hit new heights last year and was absolutely fantastic all year long. But I think 288 is selling him a little bit short. I think it's selling him significantly short. Again, uh, he just puts the ball in play, doesn't strike out. Looking at his uh, baseball savant here, um, we talked about his defense. He ranked in the 95th percentile and outs above average. That's very, That's fantastic. very, very good, in case but you were wondering. he doesn't strike out. 99th percentile yep. in strikeouts. Batting average, 94th percentile, which is expecting batting average. That's because he doesn't hit the ball very hard. Right. Because he's able to chip shot that. Um, but one thing I was very excited about is the possibility of this guy hitting more home runs. So I think 288 is really low. He just doesn't swing and miss. Yeah, and, you know, we mentioned the percentiles. He's 7th percentile in barrel percentage, but I think that kind of had some purpose to it. He by was design. A, by design, By exactly. the way, he hits the ball on the barrel, but he doesn't swing it. They, they say barrel percentage is, is a weird because it's how fast the ball comes off the bat. Right, right. It's a little misleading to say barrel, but um, his whiff percentage in the 91st percentile, I think that could go up too because he doesn't swing and miss. Yeah, he was, what was it? He had the third lowest strikeout percentage at 10.6 in MLB last year out of all qualified batters. He's one of the toughest guys to punch out. And there's a ton of great pitching in his division as well. If you, I don't know if you saw the uh, MLB's projections for the top 10 in NL Cy Young. Eight of them played in the National League. I didn't East. see that. So, I mean, <laughs> there's plenty of tough competition, tough heaters that he has to face. Uh, but Jeff McNeil looks like he's well-equipped to do it. I'm very curious to see where the Mets plan to bat him in the lineup this year with everyone coming back healthy. That's, I am, uh, too. Something it's, to keep it, an eye on. There's an argument to be made for him to be just an absolute anchor of the back half of that lineup. Yeah. But it's hard to say to deny this guy getting more at-bats and being at the top of the lineup. Like, I love having him bat eighth because it just it's another <laughs> one of these security blankets. But also, you're probably giving him one less at-bat a game. We've seen him bat leadoff in 2019. We saw him bat fifth last year. He's kind of a plug-and-play guy. Uh, I think that if you have Nemo, Marte, uh, Lindor, Alonso firing in all cylinders, having McNeil at that six or seven spot to kind of reset the lineup would be nice. But he's not one of these guys that I view in light of like Canna and Escobar and Vogelback in terms of what kind of power can we get out of these guys. McNeil, I want him to just keep doing what he has been doing. Keep slapping doubles. The power will probably come. The home runs will come. The extra base hits will come. 39 doubles last year. Not worried about Jeff McNeil. I'm not either. Uh, I could see a big scenario where they're trying to keep Marte healthy, sit him down. We had the over-under on uh, amount of games. Right. If he sits out, say, 40 games, I could see McNeil sliding into that two spot and, and getting extra ABs on that side. I don't know about you, but I love the line that Max set for us on this over-under. <laughs> I think it's, it's a tough question. It is a tough question. It's they a have high the number. Over-under a batting average, yeah. and it's set at 315. 315 is a high number. So That is a very high number. 326 last year, 307 career hitter. How about that? Above three average career hitter. Good for Jeff McNeil. And 315 is the line. I think that if it was set at 300, I would have hammered the over quite easily. 315 makes it a little bit tougher here. I got I got to mull over this a little bit. Let's just say that Luis Arias won the um, batting title in the American League last year, and he hit 316. 
Wow. He's also now in the <laughs> NL East. But. McNeil hit 318 in 2019, 311 in 2020. So this is kind of right around where he is when he's at his best. 329 is rookie year, but a smaller sample size. I'm, I'm going to let you go first, if that's all right with you. I am going to take the under here. Mm, and okay. again, I'm with you. I think he hits over 300. I think he probably, I think if the mark was at 310, I might take the over wow, here. Wow, you think it's that close? I think it's that close. I think he's, 315 is like, if I were Jeff McNeil and I were setting my goals for the season, um, at the end, you don't look at these kinds of goals because these are counting stats. You just want to put together good at-bats. But I would look and set my goal at 315. If I hit above 315, that's a big W for me. Yeah, I mean, Steamer has him way low at 288, in my that's, opinion. I think he's oh good for 300. I think that's a lock. I'm also going to take the under. I think the shift is a factor I'm here. i surprised at that. Yeah, I, I thought about going over and being hyperbolic again, but I do think the shift might be a factor. I think that maybe uh, with a little bit more pop coming this year, maybe we see a little bit of a shift in that uh, facet of his game as well. But he's still going to be a 300 hitter. He's still going to be a guy that's going to be a pest in your lineup, slapping the ball all over the field. That part of his game is not going to go away. It's just 326 is a high number to try and match again that he did last year. And so is 315. Uh, he's a 300 career hitter. I expect him to be around there. I will take the under. But I wouldn't be surprised if he surges past the mark he set last year either. I wouldn't either. I've, I, I, here's the difference. He does chase a lot of pitches. He's like in right in the middle, fifty percent chase. If right. he eliminates some of those chases, I think his he can hit three twenty five on a regular basis. Yeah. But he's so good at putting the bat on the ball that he will chase the ball out of the zone on the regular. He doesn't walk enough for me to raise that above consistency consistently above that three fifteen number. That's why I'm a little bit wary. Um, but I still think he's the best hitter in the game as, as far as bat-to-ball skills. Again, Luis Arez right behind him. He's got a 314 career average. Wow, that's really um, good. But I wanted to add a wrinkle in here. I do wanted it. to do over-unders, and do I it. want to do home runs Ooh. because it's a fun one. It is a fun one. I and agree. I, and I'm trying to find a mark where I know you will go under. <laughs> You're trying to guarantee it? Well, I'm trying to think because uh, I think he's going to hit some home runs this year just based off of mathematical probabilities. I'll give you this. His 162-game average is 14, and Steamer projects him to have 11. I said 14 and a half was uh-huh. going to be my over-under. Okay. That give, gives you enough wiggle room to, to go under, and at 14 and a half, I'd still take the over on that. You'd take the over? So I would you take the over. getting 15 home runs minimum. I think so. I would take the under. I really would. Let's I, do it. 14 and a half. We got, so we have to disagree once per episode is what you're saying. <laughs> got to keep it interesting. You and start home runs are fun, especially yes. for not a home run hitter. No, I definitely agree because doing home runs for Alonzo is kind of a given. Doing home runs for McNeil is like, I mean, I wonder because he hit 23 one year. So it's certainly something he has in the tank. This is like hit by pitches for, <laughs> you know, for Mark Canna. That's still my favorite one. It's still the best one we're going to do. Uh, but, yeah, I will take the under. And you know what? If he does get 15, that's a pleasant surprise. If exactly. he doesn't, he's still going to be the great hitter that he was I, last year. I and agree on the over, too. If he doesn't, it's one. It's just like instead of 39 doubles, he hits 35 doubles, and yeah. he has 15 home runs instead, which is very feasible. Yeah, I mean, I, I look at his spray chart, and I see a lot of doubles, like, right at the wall. So mm-hmm. maybe those go over this year. Who the hell knows? But that's what I got. He also only hit 300 like a like a – a pedestrian at home. So. Yeah, exactly. So he's a much worse hitter at home is what we're saying. He's anemic. But uh, I think 
that's all we got for the Flying Squirrel. I think so as well. That was a fun one. Yeah, man. Congrats on getting paid, Jeff. Yes, congrats. And tune in tomorrow. We've got, like, the big boys coming up, oh, including baby. Jeff. Oh, For baby. Jolly, I'm Jerry. Thanks for tuning in. And let's go Mets. That was horrible. <laughs> I figured you'd be. It's not YMCA. <laughs> but the audio listeners didn't see it. It's fine. <laughs> Never happened.